Good afternoon, ladies. This is Yemi Majekudumi from Widow Recovery Secrets again. And I've got a very special lady here. I hope you're doing well. I've always done occasionally interviews. I know I haven't done it recently, but anyway, I'm honored to have a beautiful lady here. She's going to introduce herself. But in the meantime, keep following us, keep liking, keep sharing. And do, if you're getting something from this podcast, at least share with one person each day you listen. To get coaching and more, go to walkingoutofwidow.co.com. Thank you very much. So now I'm going to have, how do I pronounce your name properly? Daisha. Is it Daisha? Daisha, yeah. yeah. So I've got a lovely lady here called Daisha Carter. And um, it's a privilege. Anytime I get to meet new people, I never take it for granted. Because as we know, as surviving widows, life can be quite short. So I'll introduce, you, introduce her briefly. Uh, she's a certified grief recovery specialist, and she's the founder of Widow I Go From Here, a ministry dedicated to helping widows find emotional healing and triumph during their season of grief and loss. She's also an entrepreneur and the host of the Widow I Go From Here podcast, which I've already said where she openly discusses the joys and challenges of navigating grief with God. Daisha excels at providing a safe space for widows to be authentic in their pain, making you feel like she's a trusted friend after just one encounter. And we do know, beautiful ladies, that it's very important to feel that we're listened to and we can be real. So that's why I've got Daisha today. So can we welcome Daisha? Welcome, Daisha. Please to you me. Okay, so can you just confirm that you're a widow, surviving widow, and how long you've been? Yeah, so I have been widowed. I am a widow. I have been widowed for six years now. My husband died in April of 2017. That's not that's not really long, is it? It's not very long ago. No, I don't think so anyway. Yeah. Well, sometimes when you tell the world, oh, it's been six years ago, oh, yeah. It's been a while, but I always say to people that you never know what a while is until you walk into those shoes. So a while for one person is one year, a while for another person may not have got there yet, and so we go on. So can you give me a brief picture of who you are as a person and your journey to date, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am... Um, someone who has always desired to be loved unconditionally, which I'm sure like all of us, um, but because of the way that I grew up, um, I was always chasing love and acceptance, or as I got older, I would harden my heart and pretend that I didn't need love or acceptance. And so... At 18 years old, um, I became a Christian. And so for the first time in my life, I felt known, I felt seen, I felt unconditionally loved when my heart and my life came in contact with the cross of Christ. Um, I've always been passionate about the things that I believe in. And so when I found Christ my relationship with God became the most passionate thing about me. Um, but shortly after my desire for love and acceptance from people 
was still lying beneath the surface of the broken pieces of my life. And eventually I had to come face to face with the woman grief built. And that moment changed me for the rest of my life. When I started to lean into my past, when I started to lean into the pain of my yeah. past, I began just to become whole on the inside. Yeah. And that moment, for the first time, I understood what suffering produces, like the good things that suffering produces you know in in my character that otherwise would it would not have been a thing and so then I began to see life in my relationships just from a very different perspective um and I began to see people who were suffering internally you know those who grieve alone those who grieve in silence and I wanted to be friends with those people. I didn't want to be friends with the popular and, you know, the folks that pretend like everything is okay. Like I truly wanted to walk alongside people that were suffering and did not know, didn't have a way out, you know, and I wanted to be friends with them, like truly. And so now um, after losing my husband, my passion is still there. It's just different. Now I love walking alongside widows. I love walking alongside grievers. I love being able to create space and community um, for those who are suffering so that they can be their authentic selves. Um, so that's me in a nutshell, okay. Yumi. That's right. so much. You're giving me a lot there. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to unpack some of it. I just want to try and change the view because I can, you can't see me, can you? I can see. You. Yeah, yeah, but I can. Okay, I want to try and see if I can get you because I think because I would the way I used it recently. I want us to be. Okay, so it's not this view. Just bear with me. Oh God, just bear with me. See, when you this is what happens when you use your laptop for so many different interviews and stuff. want us to be adjacent to each other tend to you know anyway i might leave it i don't know anyway so on my screen we are sorry on my screen we are oh mind, i'm not okay no it doesn't worry it doesn't matter okay so i'm gonna try and unpack what you've said yeah and what i'm gonna say i always say to my audience i'm a christian and from what stacia is saying i understand she's a christian yeah. So when you were saying, when you were talking about, some of our followers might not be believers. So I try to unpack some of the words we know. Yeah. So what was it? What is it like to have a heart? When you say your heart was hardened, for someone who doesn't, yeah. what does that really mean? Yeah. So that just means that I would not be vulnerable. I would not show anyone that I truly desired just to be loved. I truly desired to be known for who yeah. I was, but then the fear of being rejected, right? The fear of being fully known and then utterly rejected caused me 
to shut my heart off. And so instead of being vulnerable, instead of being open, I didn't even know how I didn't have, I didn't have the tools Mm -hmm. to even communicate what my deep need was. Right. And so Mm -hmm. everything came out in anger, right. Mm -hmm. Instead of me in anger, we know is a mask for fear for many different Mm -hmm. things. Right. But my heart wasn't soft enough just to be vulnerable and let people in because I was scared. I was fearful of rejection. Well, it's interesting you say that because when we work with widows, and I'm asking you this question also, do you find you find widows who actually present so what you just said, where they the grief has made them guard their hearts, but they're not willing to be vulnerable yet until they build their element of trust with you? Do you find that? So what I think, not per se, not per mm, se, but okay. what I think is when widows come to me, yeah. they are devastated. Okay. Right? They are devastated by the pain of their loss. But then I'm someone who who is walking in their shoes. I'm just a, a few years further along, Right. And so because I am a few years further along, because I have leaned into my grief, because I am someone whose heart has been healed, I think they find me as a safe place, even if they don't understand what's happening, right? Because they're so, it's so confusing, right? Yeah, and so, so that's what I've experienced. Not that okay. they've hardened their heart, their heart is just broken and a million little pieces and we can relate to that right okay so what i'm getting from you then basically you found purpose didn't you have you found you've more or less found purpose in the loss could you share a bit more of that yeah absolutely and so um as you know you know i have found it widow i go from here and that was birth just out of me wanting to share my own story so that that's all it, that was. And I started a podcast okay. just with me wanting to tell my story. When I released my first two episodes of my podcast, so many people, people were just coming and I, it, and they were not widows. They weren't widows. They were people that had lost family members, people that had lost you know, like security and trust. There were many different losses. Yeah. Not They were not widows. And so I thought, wow, there are so many people grieving so mm-hmm. many different losses, right? Not just widowhood, but they resonated with my story, right? So can I ask you the story? I'm going to ask you yes. a question I forget yeah. it because of what you just said. So how did you narrow down your niche to just, yeah. because it's getting very wide now, isn't it? Yes, good question. That's a great question. So I had to, I had to, so keep in mind, I'm passionate. I have a big heart and I want to wrap my arms around everybody. But as I am building a business, as I am building a ministry, I had to narrow down the niche. And widowhood, widowhood, is the life experience that I have, right? Widowhood Mm. is the thing that I've had to, widowhood has been the hardest thing I've ever had to endure. 
And so widowhood was the place for mm -hmm. me where I navigated my pain, not okay. the loss of a sister or a brother. It was being yeah. a widow, yeah. learning how to parent my kids. You know what I mean? Learning how to live financially on my own. All mm -hmm. of that was brought on by widowhood, yes, nothing yes. else. And so that's how I learned to just, um, my focus is widows because I have that life experience. Okay, so how did you, sorry, I'm bringing, I'm going to come back to a question again because you're obviously an entrepreneur. So how did you, because we did the first two episodes of your podcast, you said everyone responded because everyone, we're all broken people in the world. We know that in Christ, everywhere is the world is a surgery of so many broken people. So when you started to walk one-to-one -one, or even the work you did with widows, how, what criteria did you set to narrow down these old people, everyone coming to you? Or yes. Yeah, so, so people still, all kind of grievers still come. So I just hosted a brunch for the brokenhearted okay. and, and for that there were people that had lost children you know there were many losses in the room so mm -hmm. i still host events for grievers in general right okay. but when it comes to walking one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. that all my branding the marketing how i target what i say Mm -hmm. That was targeted specifically to, to widows. Okay. Nothing else. Okay. Nothing else. If you go to my website right now, it'll say inspiring widows, mm -hmm. right? Everything that I promote, everything. Mm -hmm. I did a widows worship journaling lab, mm -hmm. right? Only for widows. So all of my branding, my marketing, if mm -hmm. it's not an event that I'm hosting, mm -hmm. my heart is for widows. Okay, that's amazing because um, what came, I'm going to go into the second question, but what came to mind as well when you were talking is when you start, because the widow area is very niche, isn't it? It's a very niche area. Then you get people who say like, okay, so I've walked this journey. It's going to be 10 years in December. So when I first started doing it, because of my personal faith, with my, what happened to me within a month of my loss, the Lord laid on me to start working out my grief. That's why my book is called Working Out of Widowhood. But that's like, to me, that's an outline my experience. Not everyone experiences that. So when I talk about working out of widow, I explain, I explain a lot in the terms of it's a spiritual walk first. It's not something people visibly see. So when the Lord said to me, and my audience, I'm saying again, I'm a Christian. So when I'm talking, I'm talking from the perspective of having a relationship with Jesus Christ in Christianity. So when I was lost my husband, and we're together for a good over 37 years, I remember taking time off work and because I was fortunate to work in the mental health field, I just, I just knew how to, because I've worked, I've worked in so many different ways. So I knew how to just navigate the system and get time out. So I took six months out. But I remember my first month, I used to go walking a lot and the Lord in the green, I used to go everywhere in where there was greenery. And the Lord said to me, you need to start walking, walking out of with you. That's the word the Lord gave me. So and then I, then the Lord lay brought a woman alongside of me who was a surviving widow. I think she'd walked that journey for around five to six years. And I, and I found even with her, she hadn't caught that revelation yet. Physically, she was doing all what she got used to, but the healing hadn't come. But I remember the Lord, one day we went for a meal, and as we're coming into the car park, the Lord gave me that word for her as well. 
You need to start working out of widowhood, okay? So that's where the title of my book come, came, comes from. But in the context of what you're saying, specializing for widows, what I found as well is like, because my experience was an outline my experience, to contextualize it in the physical of people who do not necessarily have experienced what I've got, I, I say to people, to work with you, you have to, you have to be at least one year along in the journey. You know, so I felt my work was with widows, but not necessarily people who were still devastated. Because the Lord had laid on me, I need to start walking. So my premise of working with widows is from walking out of widowed. So as it's evolved, it's about the future. It's about, so my scripture, my go-to scripture is hope deferred, makes the earth sick. And when it comes, when the tree springs, it becomes a spring. That's my, yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm asking you those questions. See, you see how everyone's work is different. So that's why I was asking about narrowing it down. That's how I was able to narrow it. But when I explain it to the world, they don't understand work. They, they don't understand it because it's a spiritual work. So I'm constantly explaining it. So in a way, it's like the Lord gave me already that niche to narrow it down. Okay. But before I go to that, one other thing I want to show you. Then people came to keep asking me, what about single women? Because widows are single. Even Christian are single. Widows are single. I said, okay, that is true. That is true. They're single. So now when you look at my profile, I put widows and single women or single women and widows. So you mean, so that's why I asked you that question. Because as you start to evolve, your work will evolve. It depends on, and also I found because the Lord had laid walking out of widowed, I don't think the Lord wanted me to be be with people who were totally at the core of their devastation. Because in the physical, it might weigh me down and not be able to walk in the process of what am I making sense? That's how I yes, see I, my Yeah, I have a question. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. yeah. So that's interesting. And I I understand everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. So here's where this is my question. Yeah. Well, let me give you some context. So widows come to me in their devastation. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I agree with you. I totally agree that there's an element where you have to be ready to do the work. Right. And and at the very beginning, you're you're not ready. Your heart is broken. You're it's devastated. Right. You're yeah. not ready for that. You're not ready for the work that it takes right yes. but when they come to me I can't say no like I see my heart just goes out right and I, yes. I can't tell them no so I agree to walk with them mm -hmm. what I do though is I'm seeing that even if they don't get it now even if they are not ready now mm -hmm. What I am in my my program is faith based, right? And so okay. what I'm seeing because it is spiritual, mm. I'm giving them the insight to the spiritual war, even though they're at the very beginning of okay. their devastation. Yeah. But I'm pouring into them and helping them to see that this is spiritual because in the beginning you don't see that. All you see is the physical, right? All you yeah. see is that. This man that That's I gone. have walked with, slept next to all these years is gone, physical, yeah. right? Yeah. And so now I'm I'm seeing that they still need, even if they can't wrap their mind around it now, mm. 
they still need the knowledge. They still need to understand what's going on so that when they're ready to come, when they are ready, mm. maybe they can go back and, and remember or what have you. So my question to you is, how do you, if someone comes to you, mm. she's in, in the beginning of her, her grief, yeah. how do you, how do you say, you know, not right now? No. Okay. That's a good question. But what I found is with, with my podcast, my podcast has been as cared, catered for those from devastation to wherever they are. Okay. So in terms of people coming to me, because of the field I've been in, and as much as I say widows, my coaching has brought different women in me. But however, what the advantage of having the podcast also has created a dialogue with women from different stages. So women I've brought on might be in the stage of devastation or further along, give me. And I'm not talking to them about coaching, it's just them sharing their grief. So that's what that my resource does fundamentally. Yeah. However, when they when we do get interview and I talk to people, I still say hope. Give me. We don't grieve without song, without hope. Yeah. And then I give my testimony. And what I did in my podcast as well, somewhere along the line, I shared my, I read a bit, I saw snippets about my book and explain it. So in a way, it took a process. It was like, it'd be like a sermon, but I did it so everyone could understand. With me. Because what, what I found as well is people grieve at different stages, as we know. I've met women who have been down this road for 10 years, and they sounded like they're still devastated, like the day happened. And God doesn't want us to be like that. We have to decide, yeah? And you find as well, as much as you meet people at the edge of devastation, for your light to shine brighter in your work for recovery, you need to navigate them to that light as well of recovery. If not, they weigh you down as well. You start to get the dark, because there's darkness in grief. Right, right. So it's about, it's wisdom as well. Because every time I speak to a widow, I feel my heart, my heart hurts on country. And this has been... Even the other day, I, was, I went to this networking event and I, was, I met a lot of people who were in business and stuff because as much as we do all the work and ministry, you have to feed yourself. So I went to this network and the lady was telling me about LinkedIn and how to leverage LinkedIn and everything. And I was telling her I'm on Instagram and I'm on da-da-da. But the advantage of certain platforms is they are precisely defined widows you could find. Like on Facebook, I have so many people that... I'm a, you mean I know our widows. I used to go in and out of widows group and never talk to them. You me share what I do on Instagram. I've got a lot of people following me. You me, so it's very clear. When you're on a professional setting now, people don't necessarily because people the profile there is they have to feed themselves. They're entrepreneurs, even though behind all of that there might be a lot of pain. I'm making sense. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this and that. The advantage of my podcast has been, in a way, like a ministry. You know I me. Mean? Whilst when I do my LinkedIn, I'm talking about the coaching provision now, I tend to specify that you would have had to walk so-and-so this length of time before I can coach you because there's therapy and there's coaching. I've spent nearly 27 years doing a lot. I did a lot, I've done a lot of counseling, mentoring. I've done a lot of, because behind every mental health case or diagnosis, there's a lot of pain. A lot of unpacked work you have to do. So in me losing my husband, I don't know, God, because God knows us more than we know ourselves. Maybe God had to tell me 
to start working out because maybe because then I was still in my mental profession. Maybe I would have drowned. Because I remember when I started my first blog, the first thing I used to write on it was, with the loss of a husband, you either want to decide if you want to drown or swim because the the darkness that can come and get all over you is so immense. I'll make it sound everybody, and I have, I mean, I have gone, I've had quite other losses before. Now that I'm even talking to you in retrospect, maybe that's why the Lord said it, because I've lost quite a few people close to me anyway over the years when I was younger. So maybe God knows why the Lord told me to start. So I have to be able to share that with people because that is the yeah. hope. That's good. Yep. I understood. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. We should go on to it's getting very deep, isn't it? Anytime we have anytime I we have I, I talk to widows, you can't stay within time because it's so it's such a very pertinent and relevant topic for our time. So what are the three factors that have positively impacted you since loss? What are the thoughts, should I say, what are your three inspirations since your loss? Yeah, so one is definitely my relationship with God, uh, my relationship with my kids, and then just my tribe, like my circle of friends that have walked with me through it, in it, that just have stayed faithful, you know, mm -hmm. during this time. That's amazing. So what came to when you said that is, so let's say you were talking to someone who doesn't know Christ, because one of the first things you said is your faith. How would you explain how your faith has helped you for someone who is still seeking God? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, so faith for me is believing in a God I cannot see mm. to reward my belief in him, right? And mm -hmm. so in the context of widowhood, mm -hmm. I had been walking with Christ for 20 something years mm -hmm. before my husband passing away. And so when my husband died and all I felt was darkness, I had to believe yeah. that even though I'm feeling mm -hmm. this way, that God was still present. You know what I mean? Like even yeah, though yeah. I wanted to just die yeah. on the like I had to believe that mm -hmm. God still had a purpose for my life yeah, even yeah. though I couldn't see it and believing that God would reward my faith like I'm not going to abandon mm -hmm. God because pain hit you know mm -hmm. what I mean like yeah, it's, yeah. he hasn't changed he still loves me mm -hmm. and he he had shown me over and over that he was with me that he was there, that he was present. It's just the pain mm -hmm. was so overwhelming. It's hard to believe, yeah, right? Yeah. And so just holding on to my my belief, regardless of how I felt, and then walking in that. So yeah. really being, being able to listen to yeah. the direction and have the courage to obey, kind of like what you were saying, like yeah, you were going yeah. on walks, right? Yeah. You're walking every day, but then yeah. you heard the yeah. spirit tell you to walk out. Yeah. And then you had to have the courage to obey what yeah. you heard, right? Yeah. Even though you can't see him. Yeah. And yeah. so 
So it's that. It's it's believing and holding on to a God I can't see, mm -hmm. but that he's going to reward my belief, you know? Yeah, it's amazing you said that because what I did as well, when I lost my husband, like most things I do, I go and do my research as well. And why when I say research, I don't mean heavy stuff, but I go and look for people who survive. So if I'm going through parenting, before I had my children, I had to read about what does it really mean to go into labor? What does it mean? What always expected of my body? So when my husband died, I did a lot of reading. Now one one bit I found that relates to what you said, even when I'm talking to someone who doesn't believe in Christ is when we face loss, especially the loss of a spouse or any kind of loss that is going that wants to drown us in the darkness, you have to to survive it sufficiently. You have to believe in someone greater than yourself. And I'm greater than ourselves as believers is Christ. While some people just know in the depths of their sorrow, something lifted them out of it. Some say it's the universe. Give me, but they said it. And the person who wrote that, that quote I got, I'm not sure if they were believers, but they said they had to believe something. What lifted them out of the darkness that believing somebody was greater than them that was ordering their steps in the universe because they had no way of making it, if not buts. Yes. And I found that so powerful. And in a way, it helped me also explain my faith to people as well. Because what I learned from, what I've learned from my widow loss as well is the Lord has shown me how to explain my faith to the ordinary man or woman who has never been to church. Because sometimes we use words that people have never, they don't understand. That's why I asked you earlier, Adam, you don't understand what that means, me. Yeah, people banner our abundance, you know, out of this world, ethereal moments, excuse me. But when we want to bring the light, the Lord shows us how, according to your crowd and who your key clients are, I believe the Lord shows you how to share it without being overbearing, with all the love you can. And that's how they finally come to faith. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I share a lot. Mm. I think for me, because my, who I am called to, I know are Christian widows. Mm. I know that. Right. But, but I think it's the fact that people relate to me because I'm also a sinner and I don't hide that. Yeah, right? we're, so all we're all sinners. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Right, but I specifically, I in my marriage, I was unfaithful. Okay, like, you, know. you know what I mean. And yeah. so I share my real life. I share my real story. I share the fact that before Christ, I was a sinner. After Christ, I'm a sinner, and I share the real life details of what it means to truly battle with the flesh in Christ. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I think, I think that's the thing that attracts people to me whoever okay. whoever they are right not everyone is called to me yes yeah but the people that are i think they resonate with the fact that i am human yes, i, I yes. absolutely 100 live my life for god but that doesn't mean that it's seamless <laughs> you know what i mean like yes. that doesn't, mean, oh, perfect. That doesn't yeah. mean any of that and so even though i am I know that I am called to Christian widows. Mm. I think those outside of the faith yeah. resonate with me because I'm just a real person, just mm. like you, just like mm. them. I suffer with 
you know, the same temptations, the same struggles, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's my end to sharing the light of Christ mm -hmm. with those that do not believe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand everything you're saying. I understand. But yeah. what, when you were talking there, what came to me? Well, so as an entrepreneur, how do you, so do you get, so how do you get your clients to move from that part of what you're sharing, you know, you do all that work to now become, um, to give them the grief recovery, to be a specialist in the grief area. How do you move them? Or is there a different source or referral that comes through? Yeah, so, so that's so <laughs> interesting that you say that. So the people that have come to me yeah. have just found me. Like, I... I, so I will, I will host events, you know, I have my podcast, I have, I have these things that I would think are funnels, right, to, to coaching and to walking yeah. with me, yeah. but yeah, the people, they're, they're searching, they're, they're online, okay. they're in their grief, and so they, they find you. Me. Okay, so they find you, wow, yeah. that's amazing, that's the yeah. life, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. We spoke about faith, haven't we? So I'm not going to go into that question about faith now. And then I think you've spoken a lot about being authentic in your grief. So I'm not going to ask you that. Yeah, I think you're, you've shared a lot on that. So I'll go on to the fifth question, I think. Would you say that you might have found some greater purpose out of loss? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Losses, you know, you don't, and I know you get it, you get, you understand it, but you don't know when you're in it, the beauty that's going to come out of it, yes, you know, yes. but I think it's leaning in when we lean in and we do the work and we heal, we want to share that, you yes, know what I mean? Yes, we want to yes. give that. And so after doing the work, right. I think it's just a natural course yeah. of life where you don't want to keep this to yourself. Other people, and that was me like, oh my goodness, other widows need to know that they can be completely healed. Like they don't have to walk around living yes. in pain yeah. and grief yeah. for the rest of their lives, that they can have a beautiful life yeah. on the other side of loss. Like, People need to know this, you know? Yes, yes. And I well, think that has been the purpose. Yeah, that's amazing because recently, because you know how we always have to refine our work online and the message. And recently, what the Lord gave me, it's a bit like, it's basically from the word, which is beauty out of ashes. But the Lord gave me a way to explain it for the even layman or laywoman to understand. And it was basically like finding beauty in your presence, something like that. I'm written on my, and it's the Lord gave me that. So I know my work is not necessarily just for Christians because each time I want to express my, the Lord gives me a way of saying it that anybody can understand me. Everybody has their own, what they're called to do. I just feel, and another thing I would say, which is well, is like I even found, even in my church, because I attend a very big church, but we actually have a widow's ministry there already anyway. In me, so I know, so it just confirms as well the work the Lord has got me to do is different, it's not about those that have just been. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, and so it goes on, yeah. But it is because what I find is what we all find, what I find is 
when we have any kind of loss or any kind of pace, because I write in my book or somewhere, like what happens, why do you feel when all the crowd, remember when people, when husband died, everyone's coming to the house, everyone brings food. So the question I used to say on my beloved, on my boy, I said, what do you do when all the crowd is gone? And now you're left with your children, especially at night. What do you, so those are the things I talk about as well, but I related also in the steps we're taking. So second year, you're single. Third year, you're single. Fourth year, you're single. Fifth year, your children go. They leave, maybe they're going to uni now. What do you want to do with yourself? Yeah? Um, you've got a massive property. Are you going to downsize, get tenant? What are you going to do? Your daughter marries. Your son gets married. What are you going to do? What decisions are you going to make? Have you ever considered having a relationship? And this takes me to my next question, which is, what are your views on dating and remarriage? Yeah, so <laughs> I think that um, marriage is a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, to be able to, to find someone in this life that you can love and, mm. you know, walk with is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I'm blessed hands down to have married the man that I did. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, for me, because of the work that I am doing, I don't have a desire to remarry. Mm -hmm. That's so just that, okay, but could that be, obviously I'm going to challenge you as a coach now. So, but could that also be because of where you're at at the moment? Do you think Absolutely. it could evolve? That's what you said. Okay, so Absolutely. you're closing it. You're not making, not shutting your heart completely to it. Not, not, well, now I am. Yeah, now I don't have a desire to date. I don't have a desire to marry. I don't know if I ever will. The person that comes along, he would have to, like, he would have to show me that he is, because I'm still comparing. If someone came along, I'm still at the phase in my life, in my walk, where I would compare him with my husband. And yeah, that's not fair still, to him. Yeah, that's healing. not fair to the new person, right? Yeah, but, yeah, it's because you're still healing, though. That's why. It's because so, you're still healing, yeah. And I don't want to... A, a man would be a distraction. At the moment. Right now. Okay. Right now. So what they do you say to... And I'm not... Which is fair enough. Yes, is your yes. Yeah. So what would you say to those who yearn for new relationships? Yeah, I think so. Again, I think dating and remarriage is a beautiful thing. The only mm -hmm. thing I would say is to make sure that widows do the work of healing before they jump into a new relationship. Like one of the myths, one of the lies right and grief recovery in life is to replace the loss mm. and so and we think you know well if i replace the loss with this mm -hmm. new person mm -hmm. then that's going to heal the void of the person that's no longer here and we mm -hmm. know that that's not true right you can't replace the loss or fill the void going from one relationship to another, the void heals when you do the work of healing, right? And so mm -hmm. that would be the only mm -hmm. thing. Once you do the work of healing, mm -hmm. man, by all means, 
Okay. If you want a new relationship, jump in. All right. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to play devil's advocate here now. Absolutely. Okay. So number one. So how do how would widows know they've done the work? Good question. So I believe that when you, and this is very specific. So when your heart is not broken mm. in a million little pieces, when your heart becomes whole again, mm. that's a sign of healing. That's a sign. Another sign of healing is being able to acknowledge what, what you're feeling, what we're feeling and not run away from it, not avoid it, not bury it, not throw it under the rug, but to acknowledge it, yeah. to lean into it, mm -hmm. and to deal with it, right? That's another sign of healing when mm -hmm. you're able to take those steps. Yeah. Another sign of healing is that not that you don't ever feel the pain again, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because my husband's birthday comes around, Christmas comes around, our anniversary comes around, the anniversary of his death comes around. Like all of these markers come mm -hmm. when they come, I still feel the loss of pain, even mm -hmm. though my heart is healed, but it's being able to, let's say my anniversary, when my anniversary comes around, it's me being able to be authentic with whatever it is I'm feeling. So mm -hmm. some years could be you know what? I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. I'm going to stay in this bed and I'm going to lay here all day because that's how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Another year might be, you know what? I want to spend this day with my kids and I want us to celebrate the life of my husband. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like for me, being able to be authentic to whatever yeah. it is that I am feeling, yeah. to me, that mm -hmm. is a sign of healing. That's a sign that I mm -hmm. have been able to, to accept my reality whatever yeah. that is, yeah. and, and move. Yeah, that's amazing. Because what you were talking as well is, because I've met some, I've met with some widows who, who have even done the work, but one of the things they've agreed with their new spouse is that they still have the man's picture around because they've raised, they've got children with the man, so they don't want to make the pictures invisible. And also they're very open to still talk about because especially when you have children, the bottom line is these are the children of that man. So you can't live with another man, try to say their father didn't exist. They need to. But even besides that, women have said they felt that they're open enough to share when they have a bad day. You know, so what I'm trying to say is within the spiritual realm, I believe God can totally heal us of the pain. Yeah, that it becomes like faint. But those, but healing, God heals in different ways. God heals gradually. God can heal instantly. So whatever way they're going, whatever way people are finding their healing, the most important thing which you said is to be able to have a dialogue of what's going on at each stage of your journey. Because some people, 15 years, 20 years, you know, they said they're still, they're married, they're still, but they're still, because it's a loss. And then I think, and I do know that through my research, this vow of matrimony, let's show you a Christian, the vow of matrimony, the covenant of marriage is a very powerful covenant. You see that? That's why sometimes people can't find their way to sever from the dead. But the word of God says there's no connection between the living and the dead. When the dead has died, you have to put them to rest. And God says the woman or the person, the man, is free to marry as long as it's in the Lord. Isn't that so? 
But I also find that each time I go back and read those words, you see, in my earlier years, it used to strengthen my heart that you need like. So I say to widows, if you want to marry, if you decide to marry in a year and you feel you're ready, it's up to you. If you want to marry, I've met people within three months, they're dating. You me? Everyone would find a way of how they're going to survive during the healing process. But from a stage, which I'm sure you agree, you learn, like what you just said, if the relationship doesn't work out, you might then realize that maybe it was a cushion. If it does work out, oh, it allows me to talk about it. But one, one quote I saw once on someone's podcast, because I always go around reading, listening to people's podcasts, someone said, they were now married now. Obviously, they've been a widow and now married. But she was saying something to the effect that it's actually more complicated because it's like she loves two people. So what I heard that two years ago, I said, oh my God, what kind of situation can one be? And people make choices due to different reasons. Like some people, if you've got a very young family, I think you feel it more when your husband dies. So you so you 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 can do all the work, but it's a part of their thinking. I've got two little boys. He died when he was the boys were two. How long can they with me? So like if you have teenage children who are in their 20s, it's different, isn't it? So every loss is exactly different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. So one thing, just to end now, the last question is what role does intention play in recovery? in the grief recovery journey to be intense? Everything, right? Everything. And I'm sure you would agree, mm -hmm. intention is everything. Yeah. Because we, I mean, you know, grief, pain, loss, suffering is something that we want to avoid at all costs. You know, who yeah. wants to feel the pain? No one wants to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. And so intention is everything being able to be intentional about you know leaning in about finding the right people right my friends who were my closest friends when I were married yeah I thought that they were going to be my closest friends after mm -hmm. his loss and yeah. that is furthest thing from the truth and not mm -hmm. that anything bad but yeah. they were not my friends during mm -hmm. the loss right and so being intentional about finding the right people being intentional about you know parenting finding I mean intention is everything because to your point mm -hmm. the grief I mean it can destroy us if we allow it to right and so yeah I just intention is everything i i have to make a decision mm, definitely yeah. to, to heal i have to make a decision that i that i want a, a rich life you know mm, i have to make a decision that my relationships are going to be di like it's intention is everything i could go on and on it's yeah, everything yeah, yeah definitely and it's amazing because I tell, I believe that the Lord walks with us in seasons. In relation to your friends that couldn't stay, they were your friends for the season you were married, but now you're a widow. There are certain things they might not necessarily be able to relate to, or the Lord moves people along to bring the right people into your life to help you and comfort you at that time. I I believe that. You know, that's why I say to my children, I say, when it when you don't when you see don't see a friend so often. That's the Lord saying, the season has passed. But we still go chasing them now, and then you get hurt because they're 
unconscious rejects you, but maybe then God made new friends because the laws move, you know. And I say that, I said, I see that now I'm more matured in my faith. I always tell, I can always tell when the Lord is telling me, this friend is God, the season is closing soon. The Lord prepares my heart for it because, you know, and I start to say to the person, so when we do start to power this, they don't feel anyhow, you know, because we still live in the flesh, don't we? People get taken personal. Well, it's been such a lovely, we could be going on for another hour. Well, it's, been, it's been a lovely, lovely conversation with you, Deisha. And, um, and I pray the Lord will continue to strengthen the work you're doing and you continue to find your way. Yes, and if you were going to give widows listening tonight one word of courage, what would it be? One word. It would be triumphant that we can live triumphantly after mm. loss. Amen, amen. So now we've got to say a very good big thank you to Deisha Carter for coming in, for giving us your time and sharing your experience. It's been such a an amazing conversation with you. And I'm sure my audience would at least get a few nuggets from that. Thank so you. I'm, signing, I'm signing off again. This is Yemi Majekodume from Widow Recovery Secrets. Do remember to share the podcast. Rate it if you can. A five star is good. And share. And if you need coaching one-to-one or group workshops, find me at walkingoutofwidow.co.uk. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Don't forget to share it. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to pause this.